Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. I just want to let you know my back's a little bit sore because the guests that I have with me, I had to carry on the golf course the other day. <laughs> oh, so. already, already coming through hot. Okay, I'm just joking. He's a real ringer and uh, they put up with me on the golf course. Um, I had the absolute pleasure of being with Kwame Lewis, Adam Foreman, and uh, Raj Manosha, the CEO of Methodify on the golf course at the CRC event, which was super awesome to see everybody in person. But welcome to the show, Raj. Thank you, Priscilla. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, this has been a while. We chat all the time. And like we're like finger guns across the room <laughs> at events. <laughs> I know now a little more formal. So, so that's even better. So yeah, I, I yeah. love it. I love it. But I had so much fun playing with you guys. And I, I know that we're all so loving back to uh, in-person conferences. Um, and I think that was such a clever thing of them to do, really take a small piece of the afternoon out and let us all out to play. It felt like recess. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to get personal again, right? I think some of these conferences are a little more transactional, right? You go to the event, you go to the sessions, you have the drinks, you go to dinner, sort of the same sort of style. But this was really nice because we got to hang out with some folks who we might not have hung out with for four hours in a row. So I thought it was a really interesting concept. And I hope they try to do this across more events because I think it just makes it a little more personal. So yeah, for sure. Well, we had a good time, but so Absolutely. Raj, Raj is the CEO of Methodify by Delvinia. And he has really played a very pivotal role in developing that research automation platform. He is also in charge of the international expansion of the company's data collection services. And he's responsible for the sales and the commercialization efforts across the whole parent company of Delvinia. So that's a pretty big, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a pretty big shoes to, to fill there, Raj. Uh, maybe maybe your back is aching a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I poke those jokes it's at my partner, Stephen Adam, all the time about uh, me carrying the load. Um, just like you're the golfer, I'm, I'm the one who carries the business here, right? So Okay, I like uh, I mean, <laughs> all, all jokes aside, it's, it's you know, everyone takes the responsibility for lots of things. Um, you know, Steve does all the innovation, so he'll come up with something cool. Adam will figure out how we're going to finance it. And I got to figure out how to commercialize it. So the three of us really work uh, in tandem to make sure we can go build crazy things. So part of what we do is um, we're never satisfied. It's never just about that first thing we build. It's about what's the market require? What are clients looking for? What's what's leading edge? What's bleeding edge? How do we sort of innovate for the market? Because we know this industry is so creative right now. There's so much going on. There's, there's so many fun things happening. But you got to keep pushing that boundary because because we just can't settle. Um, we're in this beautiful renaissance for insights. And I think that uh, companies like ours and a bunch of other ones out there keep pushing that envelope. And it, it forces insights professionals to think differently. And that's really what we want to get to. Better ways to, to collect data, better ways to power insights. Um, I, think, I think the status quo has done a great job, but I think there's way more to do. And I think that our industry is just at the precipice of what can be accomplished. I love that attitude that you have, that you're building things that the market requires. That in itself really sets you in a different class, right? So yeah. there are yeah. there are a lot of great people in that class and you collaborate with them. And I think that's wonderful. And it, it's one of the things that I really admire about, you know, your leadership team is you're willing to talk about big ideas um, and big roadblocks that this industry is facing too. But tell me a little bit more about like what you think the market requires. You say you think we're standing really at this precipice, um, whether that be innovation or maybe even it's uh, innovation in the mindset shift, how we think about insights. So tell me what your thoughts are there because you really have such a very big view on the industry. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a couple different streams, right? There are the people working at Insights jobs and this idea of change management. How do we change? How do we get better? How do we evolve? That's that's a whole other topic. And I don't think that gets enough love at events or people concentrating on that. Um, I think the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot more consultants who are just helping change management. I don't think it's about the research, but I think it's about how do you apply the technology internally? So that's, gonna, I think, going to be a big pocket um, because it's not, you know, a lot of these a lot of these teams are one or two people trying to convince your CMO or that or the CEO, if, if you're more of a midsize, to kind of buy into strategically investing in insights is such a challenge because a lot of our colleagues in the industry buy in an ad hoc fashion, right? You see, you buy what you see. So if you have a challenge for insights that's in front of you, you buy the research for that particular job. Whereas if you're in marketing tech, you're basically buying strategic technologies that are going to play a role for you five or 10 years along the way. Our industry hasn't really got to that level, but we're finally here. So on the other side of that spectrum, you have over 1,200 companies in the research technology space, and all of them are very focused on very specific research aspects, right? So whether it's trans translations or whether it's video or audio or visualization, whatever it is, it seems like for every research task now, there is a company. And so now you have this even bigger challenge if you're a corporate you're buying, you know, three, four, five, six different pieces, and no one wants to have 10 things internally where it's 10 logins and 10 change management and all those things. So now you have these ecosystems being built. These operating systems are, are available. So how do you navigate that? So a lot of folks who haven't really had that tech um, upbringing or really understand that or understand how to connect these types of things, this is where the changes happen. This is where people are buying. And I think COVID's obviously accelerated that. So we're seeing a lot more folks who are interested, who want to change, who, who understand process needs to change. And a lot of CMOs have bought into the fact that you need to be even more data-driven because it's tougher to get to a customer now, right? The traditional ways mm -hmm. just aren't there. So there's, there's two big streams. I think it's people management and I think it's technology management. And so we want to push it, but we want to educate. Right. But you also brought up one little thing in the middle of that, that I want to just anchor on. And that is, you mentioned a CMO, which is also a job that is changing. And for a lot of organizations, it's not even there anymore. And so I think we also are seeing that on that uh, landscape, if you will, of the marketplace, we have different people as buyers of research. Yeah. And they yeah. aren't the same people that traditionally we were seeing buying research. A lot of people are becoming more and more open to using research in departments that did not in the past purchase research. Am I right? You're absolutely right. One of our biggest buyers is a company, their developing group is the one who buys because for every time they update their app or their website, they want to make sure people are, are giving them feedback on that user experience. So, so to your point, there are pockets now in companies where those tentacles of insights have gone to where they never existed in the past. And I also think that obviously with the great resignation of this year, people are doing a lot more jobs than they once were. So it's not as simple as saying I'm an insights professional. An insight professional might be running UX and helping with marketing and doing these other things. So the complexity of the roles have really changed. And that's why the value of insights, I think, has become more democratized. Not because we as industry type tried to push it, but these external massive major factors have made that happen. Mm -hmm. And that's really about blurring those lines, isn't it? That is, you know, sure. so there, it is it is hard um, to operate uh, when all of those lines are being blurred because like you said at the beginning, you're trying to respond to market needs. So if you're trying to build what the market requires and the market is shifting underneath you, that can make it very difficult. And I know, you know, this is kind of where you and me collide in our worlds is this, you know, as you're charged out there for the international expansion, uh, you know, of the company and the brand, you know, I'm looking at that same messaging then changes because personas are changing, you know, when right. your audience is out there and, and different people are starting to toy with it, 
it is very confusing, you know, and of course you alluded to that where there's just a, the marketplace is so vast and really it's not sophisticated enough for people to have really gone through and categorized where do different technologies land. So having said that, where does Methodify land on the landscape that is market research? You know, if you kind of look between traditional, non-traditional or you know, DIY or done for you, you know, give me, give me on the matrix where you guys sit. Yeah, it's a great question. So for us, it's about looking at that entire research process saying what could be automated, right? So most of our, our sort of primary clients, they figure out, you know, I don't want to spend X amount of dollars. So I need to do more with less it's typical ways you think about automation, right? So we would look across the research process and say, okay, is it methodology, sampling, reporting, democratization, whatever that could be. But the more sophisticated ones now are saying we need an operating system. It is how do we connect like a Vox Pop Me and a Zappy and a Methodify and a, and a Quantaloop and whatever, because we have four or five systems. And so the industry itself is right right now for someone to play connector. So what our brand vision is, is to become that operating system. So everyone's sort of playing in, in all these automation places, but someone's got to connect them all together. Someone's got to make the job of the enterprise professional easy. So if you think of the way Amazon works with Amazon Web Service, plus the way you can buy stuff, you're gonna have a transactional side to a platform and, and an innovation side. And that's really where the industry is gonna go because it is not, not as simple as saying we wanna buy a product, it's we wanna buy a product and visualize it this way and send it to our clients this way and pull in sales data from here or CRM data. That is a very different play. The complexity of the asks for insights professionals have never been greater because it's not like it's about, is it red or green or black or white? It is Twitter saying this, Instagram saying this, we need to pull in the sales data to understand this or CSATs have ever been better, but our online shopping carts are, are being shot up every, every single time, right? So it's not that simple and you require more data. So someone's got to connect all those things together. So you believe in short that Methodify is the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say we're set up to be wondering to rule them all and make it that okay. best to be wondering to rule them all for sure, for sure. Look, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I always believe in having very grand visions. I think it's what makes companies try to push that bar and achieve as much as possible. If we don't get there, we are going to do a lot of great things with a lot of great companies for the insights industry, right? And I think this, this connectivity, this interoperability um, is such a big topic, heady topic. Um, and look, a lot of these insights professionals and these teams, they're going to have developers on their team soon. That is going to be a normal thing. And so it's just going to be part and course that you're going to be able to modify code on different things and with plug and play in the way you want insights to look is going to be that thing. So even if we don't do it, it's going to happen. So it's kind of like I remember one day, many, many, many years ago, um, me telling my husband, you know what, I'll upgrade my phone when they put my credit card and my calendar and like I went through my list all this stuff just thinking haha oh and my music and all this stuff on it that's when I'm going to upgrade from this Nokia <laughs> you know? and then bam I wish I had had that idea and expressed it in a different way rather than yeah. just through my mouth <laughs> but well, exactly. what you <laughs> And, and to your that, point, it's like it's like those APIs are now more open. SDK kits exist for a lot of these platforms. So now the pressure goes back a little bit to the insights groups to get the developers internally, right? So it's I think you're going to see this big groundswell on what insights teams actually look like. And it's going to be very different, very different. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the great resignation in that sense is a very good thing for the insights industry. I mean, you made me tear up a little bit with <laughs> mentioning it, but uh, you know, <laughs> let's try it, let's try and silver line this stuff. Uh, but you said that word interoperability. And I think that, you know, we're going to hear that more. So maybe that's a book you'd like to write, Raj, the interoperability of, of, of insights, you know, just there's a title if you were interested. Yeah. 
<laughs> Look, I'll tell you, um, I'll, I'll give you a really, really good example, right? How many of us get frustrated with the fact that you buy a new phone and the charger changes all the time, right? Oh like my gosh, yes. Ridiculous thing. Insights works the same way. Why would systems not connect when you're trying, when the data particularly is that person giving you data or you're pulling a stream in or whatever, like it makes zero sense why things do not connect, right? Now, obviously everyone's selfish because they want you to buy their own stuff. But the industry is past this now. There are way too many companies doing way too many amazing things. You're going to have to buy layer technology. And so if you don't think about connecting it, you actually lose the ability to get that evolution or automation around, around your process. So that's, I think, what's going to drive the, the industry. I have a good idea for a book. It's called Collaboration is the New Competition. There you go. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I'm already writing it. <laughs> but it's such a good idea. I love where you're going, Raj. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. I want to touch on one other thing before we talk to some current events and what's going on over at Methodify, good stuff um, afoot. But you are also the chair um, to the board of the International Chapter of the Insights Association. And you mentioned just a minute ago about your interest at looking where our industry is going and really participating in a way to help, you know, guide it and, and mature it and, uh, you know, paying attention to the kinds of conversations we need to be having. So what do you see as Methodify's role there or your personal role? Like what, what, what gets you excited about that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll give you, obviously I have a little more affinity for Canada because I'm living in Toronto. Um, so internationally, like if you look at Canada and the US, they operate so different on automation, right? So there's a bit of slower pace here, um, but the innovation stuff, the way they're dipping their toes into things is just as equal to the US. What's been interesting that I've noticed is that the US and Canada are both looking to places like South America for innovation. And that's because they've always had to do more with less. And in this market, if you're getting money pulled back, you get to look outside of the world and say, look, what are they doing with technology that's different that we could apply to um, that could change our, our game? Because it's the, the old playbook just, just doesn't exist anymore. And now you got to be creative about how you want to spend your dollars and how you're getting insights. And I think there are a ton of pockets out there that we've, I've been lucky enough through IA to kind of see that are doing some incredible things around technology and just how to stay lean, but how to get the right data. And so I think that's been a lesson that we've been seeing. And so from a Methodify point of view, we've also looked at how to really price, right? What's, what's insights really worth? So from an automation point of view, the scalability shouldn't be the, the detrimental thing around price because the real value for insights a lot of times is what the insights professional does with the data, not with the data collected. So I think a lot more of these platforms, what you're going to see is a, a price down, but a more white glove service up because people still need that help to do things. So that's been the real thing we've seen internationally that's that's has to play. And I think if you look at companies in other space, like a Salesforce or, or things like that, they've learned that lesson as well. A lot of their costs have gone down because it's not about the data coming, it's what you do with that data. Right. And now let's put that in context also with the great resignation. You're going to be working with companies who people are newer at the role and the technology needs to be cost effective, but yet the help they need needs to be the thing that can scale up or down based on the kind of people that they have or, you know, how many years of tenure they have in a particular job. They still need these high quality insights, even if their team is newer, correct? Yeah, and that's that's interesting point you bring up. You know, I think all of us in the industry really love to get the big whales, right? You want you want those, you know, those top 50 global accounts who spend a lot of money. But a lot of them have also become much more sophisticated about how they run things, how they what's their process. But what's been missing were sort of to your point, you know, that evolution of a role. It's that mid-market. There might be one insights professional, maybe none. Maybe the marketing team's running all the insights. That's an interesting spot for us and a lot of companies because. They don't necessarily have a process set yet. They don't have, they don't have to follow anything. There's no baggage to it. Um, it lets them be a little more creative. 
Um, so ideally, a lot of clients in the space, it's people who don't have, um, who might have some indication of automation, but they're also, that's also coming from the marketing side. So they get the strategic value of why this would sit in a company and why you would do this for a multi sort of play ac across years. Because when you think about automation of process, it isn't about that first six months, how you're going to solve something. It's time. And it, you need that execution time, right? And I think those mid-market ones are interesting because you start to see a, a, a lot of value very, very quickly. Mm, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> I have so many more questions, Raj. Okay, but I, I really want to get on to uh, what's going on at Methodify right now, because we know there are so many changes going on in the research landscape right now, you know, and we also know that, you know, some of the, the fallout, or I don't know if we call the silver lining from COVID, is that there are a lot of shifts in business. There's a lot of cash floating around there. There's a lot of acquisitions. There's a lot of opportunity with, um, you know, building something new because cash is kind of cheap right now. So um, tell us about what's going on with Methodify on, on that bigger scale. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we have an aggressive roadmap that we want to, we want to tackle. Uh, lots of stuff the industry needs that we want to do. Um, and obviously you need cash for that. So we actually have just been acquired by the Schlesinger Group. Um, so we're really excited about that. So Methodify and Asking Canadians will be part of that group. Uh, we're so excited about the scale, about the opportunity. Um, there's such a great group, such a well-managed group, so many different pockets and divisions that are offering such great things. Um, so we're super excited about that, um, particularly around the amount of products we could offer on our platform, the way we can help scale different things. Um, and it's really going to set us quick. Like, so, you know, whatever we want to do in five years, I'm hoping we're going to do in two. So um, we have some tremendous plans around, around uh, global growth, um, the way we're going to set up the operating system, the way we're going to connect into different tech. Um, so we're just super, super, super excited. Right. So to get rid of those boundaries um, that maybe had been limitations in the past, now in terms of that view of the interoperability of, well, that's hard to say, interoperability, <laughs> interoperability of it all. <laughs> I'm going to get it because I think it's a well, word. We're, you and I are going to talk about this for um, A couple more beers will be absolutely fine. Oh, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> so that is like right back on that, that same gym, right? Is that now yeah, you're I connected, mean, you know, yeah, to be I able mean, to really try it out. And if you think about that, like even from an internal play just with them, I mean, when they acquired MarketCube in 2020 and all these other companies, like there's a ton of stuff we, we can start to connect along the way, right? So even mm -hmm. if we just internally, it's helping externally a ton of companies. So um, it's going to let us play really fun in the sandbox internally, but it's also going to let us provide really quick solutions externally as well. I love that. I love that. So what else? Um, any other thing that I didn't think to ask you about that change? I mean, is something like really fascinating to you or is there something exciting to you about your yeah. role? Um, for for sure. I mean, I get to play in a really bigger sandbox, which I love. Um, I've, I've been lucky to be, look, this industry is full of M&A all the time, right? So um, I've been part of four different deals already through 16 <laughs> years. I think that's just the way the, co the cookie goes in this industry. So uh, I'm really excited, though, because it gives us a larger footprint in the U.S. and globally. Um, I love the way they manage their company. It's very similar to ours. And so that's why we want to be part of that. So um Look, as an industry, we just need to get better and do better. And I think the more collectively we can do things, and this is one of those great examples, where was it wasn't about going in to get the VC funding or the P funding, it was about what's the right opportunity to, gr to grow the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So we really balanced that with the decision making that we were going to have. So I'm really excited about the things we're going to be able to provide, but also just the direction, the vision, like, like a lot of times we talk about this stuff as conferences, but we got to act it out, we got to execute it. So this is going to allow us to actually get there. I love that. And it's making me sit back and feel like it's nice to be involved with people who also feel like they need to be good stewards of this industry. 
where are we going and what are we doing? And I think just as an example, obviously, you know, you work with the Insights Association and I think Melanie Portwright is really showing a great leadership in that way to say, let's all, let's all be good stewards of this because it could go away, but it's such a magical industry. So we all need to play, you know, very well and very well together. And she's the first to say, yeah, this isn't about giving away trade secrets. This is about coming together in a way that is good for everybody so that we can also make money because we have to make money in order to be able to have the bandwidth. And and you're absolutely right. And that's the key, right? We talk about getting a seat at the table, own the table. Like let's think, right? And so so if you think about it, if data's ever been better, and if if this stuff is going to help companies bottom line, whether it's people hours, time, whatever, like the average Fortune 500 company right now on time because of indecision wastes 530,000 hours of employee time. That's $250 million. That's crazy, right? If we got bad and we're saving them those money, wouldn't you have, be even more powerful in the organization? You'd have more say. You'd be you'd be that data power broker. Forget just a data person. You're a power broker. And so I think if we can aim higher as an industry and, the, and these collective things happen, it shapes it because it only gets bigger for the total addressable market. So everyone's going to make even more money because of how much power, power is going to be there. So I think if we think that as if that's our northern star, particularly the companies, the vendors, the partners, it, it, it basically will help to instill those insights professionals that stuff is possible. So we got to tell better stories, help execution, help change management. If we can do those things together collaboratively, I think we just get better. Well, I would totally agree, but you know, that sounds easy to you. It sounds easy to me, but we have to really say it out loud that that requires people leaving their egos behind. It does. And it does. this conversation is such a refreshing, you know, reminder that it is possible. So we have to keep leading this way by saying, look, we don't need jargon. We don't need to figure out what's the new, you know, um, you know, phrase that we're going to say, although interoperability sounds pretty good, <laughs> but, you know, to, to the degree to which, I, you know, we, we need to talk about that. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to, you know, to me? What does that mean to the industry? Is there a possibility here? But you have to leave that ego behind on that level, come to these conferences and really be able to have the bigger discussion. And for that, Raj, I, I really appreciate where you're coming from. I appreciate that. Look, I think you, look, you have been a, a stalwart when it comes to talking about change. And I think that there's not enough folks who, who just are living the talk, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's what ends up happening a lot of times. You come away from these conferences and sometimes we hear the exact same stories, but we're not seeing the changes that we're talking about, right? And I think this is one of those times where I think, you know, the silver lining of COVID, the, we, we have had a lot of losses, right? But what we've also learned is that we are, we, when we band together as people, we do a lot of great things together. Insights industry is no different. So this is one of those times where I think people are actually coming together. They actually want to try things. We've never had more companies who have never even played in automation reach out to us. They know it's time. And I think that as an industry, if we keep telling these stories, if we keep managing this change management um, philosophy, we are going to get better. Right. No, I totally agree. So first of all, congrats on the acquisition. Big deal. So <laughs> love that news. Uh, please reach out to Raj. It's Raj Manosha. It's R-A-J-M. A-N-O-C-H-A. You can find him online. I just thought I'd spell it so you can find him. But uh, Raj, super friendly, super approachable. If you want to start a bigger conversation about what's going on in the insights industry, please do. He also is on um, the advisory board of the Master of Science and Marketing Research Program at Michigan State University. So if that's a connection or a need that you have to really understand how these bigger ideas are spreading through academia and how we're really preparing the next generation to come into a really a revised 
you know, insights industry, then definitely reach out to him on that level as well. But Raj, thanks so much for coming on Ponderings from the Perch. This has been really fun. And I promise I'll practice my swing a little bit more. Oh, you, were <laughs> you were carrying us for, for many holes. So that wasn't a lie. That wasn't a lie. Oh my gosh. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So um, from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.